Welcome to Hey Girl. I'm your host, Bill Janice. Join me every week where I sit down with one of my amazing and talented friends who are experts in their field, and we have a little chat. Okay, welcome to this episode of Hey Girl. I am your host, Bill Janice. I am very excited and thrilled to be sitting here with a very dear friend of mine. She is an actress, dancer, model, you name it, but also animal rights activist, philanthropist. She does it all. She's coming to us straight from Hollywood, California, Miss Ann Schmidt. <laughs> hey, girl. Yay! Hey, girl. Thanks so much for having me today. Yeah, I'm thrilled to have you. Thank you for making the time. No, absolutely. I mean, it's during quarantine, show. you know, too. I mean, we got to do this right. Well, it is a Sunday, so I did have to peel myself off the couch. <laughs> I love it. So, okay. So as, as a lot, obviously, you know, all the listeners know, we are definitely all in a quarantine situation right now. How are you guys holding up over there in California? You know, we're doing okay. Uh, my husband and I, we live in a one-bedroom, 900-square-foot apartment, so thank goodness for a balcony, because that's uh, our only means of going outside. Right. Uh, unfortunately, we are right in the heart of Hollywood, so it's super populated to begin with, and then you have people that are still going out and walking and jogging and doing all that stuff, and um, so just, we've taken... It upon ourselves to be super safe and we just we don't leave we get everything delivered which is such a thing so you haven't you haven't even stepped foot out of the apartment in over a month at this point no it's 41 days and we have done two drives um within this 40 days and it was literally because we both had to go to the atm I see. And that's been it. So it was down to the garage, to the ATM. We did a little drive around, uh-huh. you know, the neighborhood. So, yeah, outside. Well, for whatever it's worth, I mean, I know it's not, you know, um, ideal for a long time, a long extended uh, period of time. But for whatever it's worth, you do have one of the most gorgeous views. From your from your dining room, <laughs> we we sure do. And sunrises then, and sunsets every day. <laughs> yeah, no, and I and that is the really the biggest blessing. If we didn't have the really out of all, we have three windows in our apartment, and if we didn't have the views from all three, where we actually do feel like we're out in the outdoors, um, this would be a lot worse. So we are we're very lucky. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so, okay, so let's, let's kind of start to unpack your stuff here. So you grew up as a dancer, performer, entertainer, turned model, turned actress. Walk me through some of that. Like you've obviously done some really amazing things, but kind of give us an overview of, of your journey. Well, I think like all of us artists, we know very young what we want. We might not necessarily know how we're going to get there, but it was dance has been still, even though sure. I don't do it anymore professionally, a passion, um, something that just lives in you. Uh, so as a little girl, it started off as just, you know, five years old, going to the stupid, you know, you do tap, acro, and ballet all in the same 45 minutes. And then uh, realize around- I love it. All 12, in the but... same 45 minutes. We get, <laughs> we get all three styles of dance in- <laughs> 
It's yep. true though. Because <laughs> we can't keep our minds um, focused and neither can the teachers at that age. So. <laughs> uh, so definitely, you know, got introduced to it very young, but then realized, you know, probably pre-teens that it was what I wanted to do professionally and uh, was lucky enough to not only be at a competitive dance studio and in a competitive dance troupe, but also got accepted uh, into an arts high school. Uh, which definitely shaped and changed my career because then I knew I was all in and right. now the focus was how to get to a professional level. So the luckily after- there different. The discipline was definitely different, obviously, in that. In that oh, um, my high, yes. School. My high school experience, you know, especially a lot of juniors and seniors, once you get towards the end, you know, it, it'll shift and you have senior skip days and you have this. Well, as dancers, we don't have any time off. So oh yeah, there's no downtime. It was a very, <laughs> there's no downtime. There's no day off. Day off, you've already, you're behind. Um, so it was a very interesting high school experience only because I you know, only lived through what my sisters had done, which was completely opposite. But, you know, you go and you dance three hours in the morning and then you start your school day. Sure, so you sure. have a much longer day. And then after school, you go to the dance studio and, you know, shuffle and repeat. Yeah. 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 So, right. um, but again, when it's something you love, it's, you know, I didn't yeah, it doesn't care. always like, feel like work. I mean, it's all, it is work, clearly. But yeah, it doesn't, I know it's funny when I look back in the same way, like I look back at, you know, the times where I was, yeah, exactly that. I was in class three hours every morning and then I would, the middle of the day was just for obligatory things, you know, <laughs> like where it was mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. had to go to history yeah. class or whatever other, you know, you had to go get, you know, all yeah. the other things. Had to get your academics in. Thank you, academics. And then, and then you went and did three more hours at night of rehearsal mm-hmm. or, or whatever. And then yeah. we went and drank Just our faces your, off every your night. Your basic classes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that didn't happen for me till later. Oh, you're uh, going to make me sound I, like the one that did? <laughs> <I> know, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I would. Well, no, I don't know. I didn't know you in high school. Um, <laughs> but... But trust me, you definitely, there would be those weekends that, yes, of course, you would have to blow off steam. Uh, But I think it was too early in the game for me where, again, the big picture was New York and, you know. Yeah, I'm thinking more of college. You're talking about high school. I was thinking of college. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, um, in high school, I was dancing too much and working for No, no, sorry. We were just talking about different decades. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay, yeah, we're back on the same page. Right, right, right. Um, So, yeah, so now you're you're in New York. Yes. So luckily, so after high school, um, I got accepted into Marymount Manhattan College, uh, which was a huge um, shock, actually, and excitement because they did, they took only 30 dancers a semester from around the world. So it was highly competitive. Um, It also was the only art school I applied to. So I really put all my... You were like, no, this is where I'm going. And you I put all the point shoes in the bag and was like, that's it. And, you know, which was a huge risk because if not, then I was going to be stuck going to a, a Florida college and which would have been fine. My family would have been happy, but uh, it was meant to be and went off to New York at the age of 18, uh, cried my eyes out for the first two weeks and then 10 years later, never looked back. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was, uh, it was such a wonderful um, opportunity to have and, you know, it could this could be a whole nother episode sometimes you know the conflict of do you join a company or do you go right into college and you know it's a whole different discussion because I definitely do feel I wasted a lot of time in college okay. um 
time and money, you know, instead of just getting kind of out there in the dance world. And, you know, we only have so long as a, our shelf life of a dancer is not as long as other careers. So, you know, right. it, it was, it, it's a bittersweet, but at the same time, it was really my only way of going because my parents were like, you don't go to college, you're not going to New York. So I was like, okay, done and done, check the boxes. Um, but it was a, a great school and I definitely, you know, had wonderful teachers, some good and one really bad. And thank God he got fired later on and, um, graduated and started getting out there in the dance world. And well, you know, New York city is, uh, is a tough, it's a beast. tough, tough yeah. bird, even though our college stage was, was considered off Broadway. It didn't matter how many performances we did there. You were just, you know, the low man on the totem pole. Right, right. So it was a very interesting dynamic to hustle, try to push in the dance career again, also at a much, and by much older, meaning 22 years old, but I was a much older dancer at these auditions. Only in, yeah, only in the field of dance <laughs> do we refer to ourselves at 22 years old as being old. Yeah. Old, old. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. I was, they were, they were definitely like, why is grandma coming to the audition? Oh, stop um, it. <laughs> <laughs> you still well, you know. even even now what are we you know x amount of years later don't even look mm-hmm. like you're a day old mm-hmm. over your 20s <laughs> well thank you well thank you uh so anyways so you know struggling out there for for several years uh just in going to either open calls where it's wrapped around 42nd street and it's you know 30 degrees and snowing and everybody's waiting in line yeah Yeah. everybody yeah and you get maybe your three seconds you know to show them what you have or literally auditioning for fame and being told I look too old you know I mean it was really you know a lot of uh that those types of situations that kind of made me rethink and you know say well I love this but you know bartending at night and then trying to audition during the week just isn't cutting it anymore so I kind of went back to I had modeled as a kid a little bit um I was Miss Florida American Teen in 1994 so definitely and you were uh first runner up Miss New York first runner up Miss New York yes uh later on in life so uh gosh what year was that? Two thousand three, three okay. or four? I'd have to I go back you. and look now. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Um. So thank you. Um. Uh, so <laughs> you know, I definitely, I, I, you know, I had a passion because again, you still get to be creative on shoots and things like that. Um. But again, it's New York City, and I'm thinking, okay, is my ego just thinking I can go in and do this, or can I go in and do this? And I was very lucky. I, I had several agents because uh, in New York City, you're able to have you don't have to sign it exclusively. Yeah, which it's is not wonderful. Yeah, so you can have yeah more than one. Yeah. So I literally had five or six uh, different agents, um, and you know, really up until the end, until I moved to LA, I had a, a very lucrative uh, career in print, runway, and showroom, um, which was really nice. But it kind of came time to New York. Uh, I'd been there for ten years, and um, my now husband. Uh, he at the time was just like, you know, I'm not digging New York anymore. You know, I want to give LA a try. Um, one of his best friends and old roommates had moved out here. So, uh, he had been coming to see him a lot and he's like, I'm just like, you think LA and blah, blah, blah. And so my, for me, the shelf life again of my dance career was kind of, it, it's about to expire. And I was like, well, you know, maybe we can give this acting thing a try, you know, see what that's about. So Packed up, moved out, um, 
And then probably within about eight months of being here, I got with a fantastic school out here uh, and started um, performing quite a bit, putting up wonderful plays with, you know, well-known actors and, and having the support of a community, you know, of, um, that's one thing I'll say in Los Angeles is that, you know, all these actors, they, they do, they come out and support. And it's really nice. And I really started um, loving that feeling of being on a stage because it brought back, you know, doing a live performance. I think it's why we're, we're dancers. You know, it's that, it's that high of that moment. And, you know, and that instant gratification um, and so, too, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It, it is, it's and like so, people, some people don't understand when we talk about you and I, I mean, I know you and I do, but when we talk to each other about energy and a vibe, you know, like people, um, it really is, it's, it's fathomable. I mean, you, when you're on stage, you can, you know, almost physically feel um, the reaction, uh, a vibrational reaction from the audience. Yeah. And you either yeah. feed off of it and, or you almost get defeated by it, depending on the situation. I, I was just going to say, yeah, it could go either way. You could be like, yes, this audience is on tonight. And then you, you know, you go out and you're right. like, oh, they're like, they're either on your side or they are out to get you with pitchforks and torches. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. Have you, have, wait, exactly. have you ever the way? But have you ever personally experienced? And if, if not personally, but have you ever seen somebody just? This is going to sound awful, but it's kind of funny. But have you ever seen somebody just bomb and just fail on stage, but then never be able to recover the audience, and they just keep bombing and bombing? <laughs> you know, unfortunately, I have in the South. Oh no. it's- 90% of the time. I've seen it a couple times and it's, it's a trap with comedy and I've seen people go up and, and the problem is they're trying to please. They're not just really, you know, focused on themselves character or whatever they might be doing. And right, they are, right. they're too worried. They didn't get that first laugh that they thought, Oh, I'm going to get so then they were desperate for it, and which doesn't get more laughs, you know, when you come up. Cause exactly. that's the thing, audiences are intuitive and that's the, I think that's a part, I think that's a piece of, production and performance that, and entertainment that people don't always talk about is that audiences, whether they know it or not, are actually very perceptive, you know, and they can pick up on a vib- an unspoken vibration. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. are there to be entertained. They want to laugh or they want to cry. They want to feel something. They want to go through this experience with you. But if, they're, if yeah. they can pick up if the actor or the performer is not in the right mindset, Invested. Or yeah, exactly. Or invested no, or and I'm told when I've when when I've directed or coached, that's the first thing I tell my actors is that this is comedy, but you are not meant to be funny. You know, your stakes are high, and if you're involved in this piece, you are going to be funny. And they might not be, you know, belly laughing, but they're sitting there with the biggest smile, you know, sure, on their face. Because sure, sure. also, not everybody laughs, you know. But you could be sitting there beaming. So, to answer your question, yes, I unfortunately have seen that, and it is—it's really hard because you want to just be there and support them, but you just see them going down the rabbit hole, and right, you know. Um, <laughs> it's I, like, oh, no, 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 no. Do, I was doing like a. It, this isn't even that important, but it was the you know a speech or something, speech meet or something at school, and I I was nervous, and I said something to my older sister at that time, where I said something I was like gosh, what if I, what if I mess up this first line or this first, you know, punchline right away? And then I just keep like dying after that. And I was like, you know, I remember saying something to her like that, where I was like, what, what, God, what am I going to do it? Like, that's going to be awful. And, and of course her, she just looks at me and she, she looks at me and goes, I'd actually love to watch that show. <laughs> I was like, 
not very supportive. Uh, not supportive at all. Right. She's like, I actually really love to watch that show. <laughs> Whatever that show is, of you just continuing to bomb. <laughs> That's what I'll tune in for. Right, right. And then, you know, now in the age of reality television, I actually probably would have gotten more ratings if I did. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's why people love reality TV, right? They, they want to escape and watch a train wreck. So talk to me about, okay, so now, so now we're, in, we're in Hollywood. We're in Los Angeles. You know, I, I personally, of course, you know, know, you know, your resume and all the amazing things you've done. But talk to people, talk to us a little bit about just your, even just your daily process. Like, what do you do, especially even in times like, for example, now where there's not much going on? Like, how do you keep yourself sharp and fresh in your craft, especially in a city like Hollywood? That's a great question. Um, and I'd be lying to all the listeners if I said it was daily, because it's not. Um, I admire people that do something every day. I've been doing this a really long time now, and it's it's hard to stay, especially in time this, um, to stay motivated and creative every day. So I just want to be honest about that first, because I don't I love think it. Yeah, be honest. people are. Um, so to stay here and go, oh, I do one thing every day for my craft would just be, you know, would just not be true. However, I do feel it is important, um, you know, again, because it's for me and I've had conversations with people so many times throughout the whole dance and now acting career of, okay, I'm going to give up today. And then I sit there and I literally try to write a list of what I want to do that would make me happy. And I can't write one thing, <laughs> you know, so it always circles back with, okay, well then how, how am I going to make this happen and how am I going to stay active um, and creative in my journey? So there's, there's a, several different things I do. Um, I'm lucky that even during quarantine, I'm still coaching right now. And so I really look forward to, um, I'm coaching a kids and teen showcase for an acting studio I work for or have worked for. And working with them and directing and you know I'm constantly rereading their scripts and their scenes um, to just even be fresh with my perspective of what I could give for them and then I also will flip it and look at it from an actor's um, side as well and say okay well how would I you know how would I create this how would I feel in this what is my relationship with this so I've been lucky during this quarantine time to kind of do that and and for me too you know, I'm, I think why we're also artists and, you know, I, I'm so visual and I learn oh, so yeah, much sure. from watching and this has been <laughs> a blessing of, well, what do we do every night? You know, let's put on Netflix, HBO. There's so much amazing content out there right now with fantastic actors and writers, directors. And, you know, again, some people might be like, oh, isn't that just lazy sitting there and watching TV? It's like, no. There is, you know, again, so much to learn from, from people who are out there doing it. And honestly, I'm very but lucky also to depends see on a lot of my friends are on these shows. Of course, you know, you're, yeah. So of course, if you're sitting there with the intention of, of learning or growing, it's different mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, just sitting there to sit there. Zoning <laughs> out. Sure. 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 And listen, both are fine, but it's for me. Oh yeah. I mean, we know, both do both, I, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I'm watching, you know, shows that, you know, I would want to be cast in or, you know, I even I'm like, why wasn't I cast in that? Why didn't I get that audition? <laughs> you know, <laughs> those kind of things. Um, so, you know, for me, it's it's working on scripts during this time um, and and still trying to be creative, even though I'm not auditioning, I'm not, you know, 
necessarily going out for anything or on a specific project. It's still, I pick up old plays and, you know, cool. read plays and things like that. Um, just to keep the brain, you know, for me, reading keeps it really sharp. So when I do have sure. to learn a, you know, 120 page script, it doesn't take me two years. Um, but, you know, watching and, and then, like I said, just really kind of being honest with yourself, you know, and it's not pushing because, you know, I did, if I sat here and was like, oh my God, okay, there's right now in quarantine, there's all these like self-tape auditions, right? And it's all, they want to know your quarantine story and they want to know this and they want to know that. And I think about it, I'm like, wow, you know, maybe I should start getting on this stuff because this is an opportunity where, you know, inspectors are sitting there like we all are with tons of time and they actually have the time to go through these tapes. And then again, I have to be honest with myself. I'm like, but do I want to tell my quarantine story? It ain't that fun, you know? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why am I going to go and sit up, set up a tripod and talk about my quarantine story? And like, well, kind of what so we're like, talking about today, but it's okay. <laughs> well, we're touching on part of it. <laughs> we're touching on part of it. I know, I know, I know. But so I love it. No, but, well, let me ask you a couple of things. So that you've touched on a couple of things I want to kind of circle back to. Um, so. Yeah. What is, you know, what would you say? Okay, so I, because I can completely relate to your dance journey. As you know, um, I am a retired uh, dancer. I've never dipped my toes in the acting water. So as an entertainer, you know, a lot of times we, as a performing artists, you know, are umbrellaed under this same title, you know, entertainer, which is fine, which I'm fine with. But help, you know, people understand the difference in discipline, the difference in process, and the difference in intention be, uh, behind going from a, uh, you know, a, a performing artist that is more physical as a dancer to going into mm -hmm. an acting role. Well, I would honestly say that there's not that much of a difference. Um, of course, as a dancer, you know, our, our bodies are a whole different animal and strength. And yes, there's the physicality of that every day you are working out your ballet bar, uh, whatever it might be, you know, before that performance. When you transition into an actor, you still are working every day, but it really depends on the role you're working on. Um, you know, uh, so for example, if I'm working on a play, that is every day, just as if I were putting up, you know, the Nutcracker you're working every day on it. It's creating that role, that life, the relationship, the characters, it's learning those pages because there isn't cut, I missed a line, right? When you have a two hour live performance in theater. So working on a play takes the same amount of discipline as a, as a dancer. It's, if not even, maybe even more, I don't know. You know, I feel like they're both very challenging, but very rewarding. Again, cause we talked about the energy of the live performance. Um, now what's interesting when you work on a film, or a TV show is you don't necessarily get that luxury. You don't okay. get the luxury unless of course now you're on season 10 of, you know, friends or modern family or whatever it is. And those characters and relationships have been of course, developed you know, and created in season yeah. one and things like that. But right. Right. I, I, I haven't been there yet, so I don't know that side of it, but I have worked like in soaps and how quickly it moves. And I was shocked when even, you know, I get the night before my nine page script and I show up to the 7 a.m., you know, dry block. And not only do half of my pages get erased, but now it's like, no, we don't have time for this. We're cutting this. We're cutting, you know, so you don't get the luxury. It's a different way of training. You don't get the luxury of being creative and good. And, oh, does this mean, right. you know, is this, is really, this organic? Really dissecting is this, you know, that, that, the character in a way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
You don't always get that. That goes out the window. Especially in, in tele, especially in television, <laughs> especially in soap work, I'm sure, in television. Yeah. yeah, you're, it's, you know, just change, change, change. Yeah. They turn the camera on and they say, It ah, is so, so ah. fast. You know what I mean? I, I, exactly. But I watch these actors who are, I mean, you know, it's really a shame that soaps, you know, are kind of underrated because the level of what these actors oh, do and discipline how they and do man it. hours that are put into these shows. I mean, if you right. think about it, I mean, yeah, I mean, logically, I don't expect everyone to think of it this way, but logically you have a new episode, an hour long episode, new daily. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of work mm-hmm. behind the scenes and in front yeah. of Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. So different, you know, that's a, also a different way of training. You know, it's how quickly do you pick up the dialogue. And so, you know, it's really, it's there, there, the theme across the board is there is discipline and there is this structure, but it's just, what is that? You know, and of course it's different formulas for each style, you know, sure, um, sure. but in downtime, you know, with acting, it's, it is, it, it's hard to slip. And not, you know, kind of, like I said, stay on track, stay creative, be reading things, watching things. Because unlike, you know, in dance, if we did that and we start seeing the belly grow, we would know, oh, shit, you know, we're not going <laughs> to be able to do that next ballet because we've, we've gained too much weight on our time off, right? Oh, girl, so girl, listen, I know all about that. I always struggled with my weight as a dancer. Always. <laughs> girl. Girl, it's like, oh, yeah. So, so if you had, this might sound like a little bit of an obnoxious question, but bear with me. Like, so if you had to pick between the two disciplines, which do you think your, your, your passion lies more in, dancing or acting? I love acting. I yeah. never looked at myself as a child being an actor and, uh, I just, yeah, I never thought that would be the path or the road, uh, especially to the amount of work I've gotten to do. I mean, yeah, maybe like taking improv classes or messing around in commercials or things like that. But I mean, the the model, she talks about messing around in commercials. I'm sure you could turn on your TV and see a national commercial with her in it. (laughs) So she's too modest. I'll brag for you. Don't worry. (laughs) Oh, stop. You're so sweet. Um, But I, I love it. I love the work. You know, it was um, when I went to my dad when we were deciding, you know, around 16 or 17, we start talking about what, you know, what do you want to go to college for? And what's yeah, your what your path, path is going to be. And I remember, yeah. And I remember telling him that I was either going to be a ballerina or a homicide detective. <laughs> okay. True I- story. I Two story. So yeah. Okay. Why homicide detective? So. Well, because I had just seen the movie Seven, and I was obsessed. Obsessed. Still my top three. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to be a detective. Now, fast forward to, and obviously my dad was disappointed with both, but that's okay. He's like, Uh, that was a double lose. He's like, neither, neither. No, he basically, yeah, he was like, so you want to either be a dancer and make no money, or you want to be a detective, make no money, and put your life on the line. And I was like, well, I'm, I guess I'm not You're like, well, money. when you break it down like that. <laughs> I know. I was like, that's kind of depressing. Right. right. Uh, so I was like, well, dad, I was, I'm 17. I wasn't thinking about a paycheck yet. Right. Uh, you're like, you mean you're not going to support me? No. I was like, wait, right. wait, what? What is this rude so, awakening happening at 17? <laughs> I know, right? It's like, hello. 
but fast forward to is that I think it's why I'm so drawn to to being an actor and being a creator because a lot of my work is being a detective in these roles, you know? Oh, I love that. You break down a script and you find out yeah. who this person is and where have they been and, and why are and they how the can I bring myself now? to this life and yeah, yeah, in their journey. And I get to step into that. I've done out and again, I've created it and I've broken it down and I'm clear on what this, you know, journey is. And you get to play in that person's life. And yeah. it's so exciting for me. Um, to get to do that and to get to explore these these different roles and these different characters and you know not that you don't do that with dance because of course we do and it's just it's using your body instead of words but it's, it's different though it I, I never I never sat down and broke down the goddamn nutcracker and be like okay why is she feeling this here <laughs> right why did why does this why is this bratty girl Clara want this damn nutcracker yeah. <laughs> Like, why, what's with the Sugar Plum Fairy? I don't know. You know what well, I mean? I think it's so, true. I think that the, 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 you know, when you get to explore character development, which is what I, I think you're describing, um, as an actor, yeah, there's, I think there's a little bit more liberty there. Of course, I'm sure depending on the director you're working with, but there's a lot more, you know, I'll call it fun time, play time to explore. Exactly. Where, I, at least mm-hmm. in my experience as a, as a dancer, you know, you're given movement to explore, but that's not mm-hmm. always, the emotion doesn't always come first with movement, you know? So it's a little Correct. different. It's, it's, it all takes you to a really wonderful place, but, um, but we can't deny that they're different journeys. Exactly. Exactly so, right. I love that. So do you think, let me ask you, so you, how do you feel about this? I mean, so we're, we're kids, we, you know, let, think about what well, back to be, us being children and just, you know, at least for me, I knew, I didn't know early, early on that I was going to be a dancer, or at least that's how I was going to start my performing career. I, I knew I wanted to be an entertainer. I actually always thought that I would eventually be what I'm doing now uh, as like a host mm. or interviewer. Um, and dance just kind of fell in my lap and I, I fell in love with it. And I, I jumped in with both feet. You know me, I go all or nothing with pretty much anything. Yes, girl. Um, but but when for me you know when when the dancing career was on uh, what I'll call like the downswing or you know the the downslope of of getting work and actually feeling like you're doing work that you really liked and wanted to be a part of, but you still have that element of feeling like I don't feel like I'm done as a entertainer. Do you so for somebody like you who has been able to transition into another form of performance? Do you stand by that the the theory or the strategy almost of of kind of reevaluating your your entire journey halfway through or or even at a certain point you have to do you get to a point where you say okay the dancing's not working anymore but I'm ready to re-strategize because I know I'm still going to be an entertainer of some sort like how did that work Yes <clears throat> Uh, so, you know, dealing with the theme of that, when I had mentioned a little earlier, you know, with graduating college at, you know, 22 and behind already in the dance scene. And then I moved to LA at the age of 28 and didn't start auditioning till I was 30 for acting auditions. I'm already, I'm, I'm late to the game again, right? So here's oh, my game is that, you know, I'm always late. She's tardy for the party, I honey. Always. flipped the switch on that just a couple of years ago. Yeah, you know, I was like, I'm just behind. Grandma's at the party again. Oh, stop it, Grandma. (laughs) So I flipped that switch. 
But, you know, you are, because, I mean, I'm in classes with young 20s, and, you know, thankfully, yes, I look younger than I am, but then I'm also going on those auditions in that age box that I'm not, maturity-wise and things like that. So, you know, I, a couple years ago, said to myself, um, you know, I need to flip the switch because this isn't healthy. I can't. It's time to re-strategize. I have the talent. I've put in the time. Yeah. And I was like, it's okay. Like, you know, luckily with, with being an actor, it's not unlike a dancer where, you know, at a certain age, your body just, yeah, can't do it anymore or whatever. Um, so I was like, why am I, why am I putting all this pressure that at a certain age, I haven't done everything, you know, I've got my whole life to do this. And it really took me accepting where I was in my life and accepting my age, um, including with the fact that I just turned 40 this year. And I said to myself, you know what? 40s is my time. You know, I'm five, four, I'm in, you know, I look at all these again, which is why I watch a lot of Netflix and HBO shows and things like that. I watch these roles that I'm going to be ready for. I'm going to be the right age. I'm going to make sure I've had the right training now. You know, I'm prepared. And so- You put the work in. And that's the thing. People like to think that there's this big- secret shortcut sometimes, you know, and I'm sure that, you know, and I mean, of course, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, someone's going to fact check me here, but that there's, of course, there's probably a a unique case of a person that, you know, didn't go through all of that. Sure, there's always unique cases, but. But the people don't realize is, you know, people talk about getting discovered or whatnot, or when their big break was, but what they neglect to mention often is the amount of work and struggle and man hours prior to that, you know? Yes, exactly. I mean, that's a thing. I mean, there is, is luck there, yes. But, you know, I've also heard so many of my teachers say, you know, it was only because that person that got lucky was ready. You know, so you have to be ready for when that, when and if that break is going to happen. And, and you're absolutely right. It doesn't, I don't care who you talk to. They haven't in some way, shape, or form been working on for at least a decade. I mean, it just sure. doesn't, yeah. you know. What is that? It might sound cliche, but what so, is that? There's a, there's a saying that I really like um, where they say, uh, luck is simply when preparation meets opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I kind of categorize. Yeah, it's a great quote. So, okay. So let's, t- let's move on to, okay. So you obviously... Um, well, I say obviously only because it's obvious to me, but because <laughs> I know you. <laughs> okay. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> when else is like, what does he want to? I'm correcting myself. Sorry. I'm saying obviously because I'm just so used to talking to you as a friend. Um, you have uh, a deep love and passion for animals, and you do quite a lot of volunteer work and philanthropy work. Talk to talk to us about a little bit about you know fostering um, uh, pets and how you got involved with that and what people can do and what that, what that whole, uh, world looks like. Okay, great. Yes. And I love talking about this. Uh, uh, just to kind of start it off, it's really ironic, my passion for animals, because when I was young, I was scared to death of dogs. I mean, scared to death. A dog would bark from across the street and I'd be shaking. Oh, wow. That's and I didn't know that it, because ever since I've known you, you've had yeah. dogs around you I know. all the time. I know. All right, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean no, to No, it's like scared, so scared to death. So it took, uh, my family adopted, um, I was probably, 
it's be nine or something. Uh, my sister goes to a sleepover and that dog had had a litter. And so she comes home with a puppy. And I literally, like, I was, I was devastated with my parents. I was like, you cannot bring this into the house. I'm so afraid. I mean, this is the tiniest little puppy possible. It was a shepherd husky, but it was, and, you know, of course my other two sisters are like, no, 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 we want this dog. We want this dog. Well, fast forward to my parents allow us to keep the dog. And I mean, I wouldn't leave my bedroom. I would not leave my bedroom. I would go, I would have to go to the kitchen and I would yell for my mom to move the dog because the dog would bite at my toes. Oh no. I'm like, mom, you need to remove this dog. (laughs) So long story short, and within, I don't know how many, you know, weeks, because it's probably all it was, was two weeks, is that now this dog is my best friend and has literally changed my world of love and passion uh, for animals and patience and acceptance and all these different things um, learned so early on as a kid. And I think if it wasn't for her, I, I wouldn't be in this um, situation. So the, and kind of the point of that story is, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, and I'll get into fostering and things like that. But, you know, there'll be 101 excuses why they can't adopt or foster. And my parents that day could have said, we're not adopting this dog because our one daughter's petrified, right? And I still think maybe that's what they should have said. Oh, no. They care about me, but they cared so much. Yeah, at the time, I'm looking at it negatively. But if they wouldn't have brought this into our life, you know, it. I mean, the animals really change you. You know, yes, we're helping them people think in the long run but it's so amazing how animals help you and so you know currently right now in the yes yeah I was just gonna go into currently right now you know we're we're all stuck home right and the power of having companion cat dog even bunnies you know whatever whatever your animal is so many right out out there right now and need that need homes they're stuck in shelters and so you can foster you can adopt. and it's something so amazing when you're sitting here day after day um it, it helps with your mental state sure, you know having yeah. that companion and having somebody you have to be accountable for um you know it's not a lot of work it's feeding them and walking them but when you just have that companion next to you you would you know if you're sitting in a dark place go foster you know people say well um, I can't afford an animal. Foster. Fostering means you foster for a rescue or a shelter and they cover everything. They cover food, supplies, medical bills, everything. Your only job is to obviously love the dog, feed it, walk it, and help with training. That's amazing. But the importance of it is that animals across the United States are just constantly being euthanized on a daily rate. And it's due to lack of education, um, improper dumping, and again, those reasons of people that will give up their animals because they can't afford to take care of them. And so if there are people that can step up and help, they don't realize, uh, you know, I talk so, I mean, of course I want dogs to get adopted and find their forever homes, and that eventually does happen even for fosters. But the fostering side of it is is even more of an impact because what you're doing is you're creating two dogs. You're helping one and then you're also providing space for another one to move into. So, oh yeah, that's I yeah. I can't stress so enough. There's so many, no, no matter where you live. Yeah, they think about, oh, okay, well, I'm going to foster, and then what? I mean, that's the beauty of I've had four fosters now in the past year, 
And two of my fosters are living just their, I mean, their best life. Like yeah. the one came from South Korea and it, from a, she was bred on a dog meat farm and her babies were sold for meat. And now she's sleeping on satin sheets and eating ramen noodles at Asian restaurants. Like it's just oh, ridiculous wow. <laughs> how she went, you know, from being the food to now. I don't even have noodles. satin sheets. No, okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so, you know, you get to see her. And then my one of my other ones, you know, she's living on this beautiful farm with other dogs and animals and just gets to roam. And, you know, it's just so, you know, and for me, all I had to do was give a couple months in my home, you know, to help train them, help get to learn them, get them to come out of their shell, you know, but it, they do for me as well is give me that sense of purpose. And sure. so, like I said, I don't look at it as like, oh, I'm doing something good. It's kind of like they're actually doing something really good for me as well. Um, so anyone can go out and, and foster and adopt. And the best outlet I would recommend to people is get on your Instagram, check out your local rescues and your local area shelters or city shelters or county shelters. Um, and do it now. You know, this is the best time while we're sitting home, um, you know, that you, yes, you're going to give back and feel good, but you'll be shocked on how good, uh, you know, that animal makes you feel. So I, you know, definitely recommend that. And if anyone's ever looking for advice and guidance, I just helped a friend of a friend this week adopt a pit bull, didn't know her, but got on the phone put her in the right direction. And now they have, you know, this beautiful pit that they rescued. And, you know, so I'm always happy to help. They can find me on Schmidt NY um, on Instagram, just DM me and I can help guide. I love that. Well, no, and it, and it is, and it, you know, it, it definitely, you know, it's, it's definitely clear that, you know, your passion for this and, you know, it does take a, a very, I think a very special person to be able to foster and, and you know, do the, do those things and all add that value that you just described, you know, so bravo to you. For me, it's more about happy to talk to people about, you know, their fears or their concerns. And it's just to educate, you don't have to buy a dog. You do not, you do not, you do not have to buy a dog. There are specific breed rescue groups. So if you're looking for that husky or that you know golden doodle or whatever you'd be shocked <laughs> is there, wait, is there a breed called golden more doodle? time there is a golden doodle and okay it's probably the one of the number one breeds that actually gets purchased oh wow okay um but they have they circle i mean i've seen them in different rescue groups and so if you're okay to be and do it the right way you know, you can find, you know, the, the breed that you want, you know? Um, so for me, it's just, a, it's the biggest, cause I, I have several friends that have bought animals and I, you know, I don't judge, but it does get frustrating cause I'll see then a dog that literally looks like their dog, maybe two months later in a shelter. And I'm like, no, nah! you know, Aww. um, so adopt, don't shop and fostering saves lives. Or adopt, my, don't uh, shop, fostering saves lives. I like back. that. I like that. Is there, uh, what, how do you recommend, like you said, I think you mentioned, um, you, you, you just, people should, could just Google what area they're in, like foster facilities or like what, give yeah, us some words. Like somebody like me who doesn't I, know where to even begin, how would you say to get information on how to foster? I, I would recommend Instagram or Facebook are really okay. big outlets. Um, I, I know I'm not, I'm personally not on Facebook as much, so I use Instagram. Uh, but either outlet is really great because yes, you literally, you could put in, um, keywords just like rescue, rescue, do hashtag rescue dog on Instagram and it'll pull up different ones. Um, and once you kind of start following a few, 
then you'll see who's in their community and their network. Um, You know, again, if anybody in the Los Angeles, Southern California area has questions or wants to know, please have them reach out. Definitely happy to guide um, because I'm involved with several rescue groups here um, in Southern California. But if it's outside um, Los Angeles, you know, I have had people reach out and ask and it's literally, like I said, I've gone on and I just look for those keywords, you know, foster, rescue, shelter dog, things like that. And they're area rescue groups will come up and googling your area city shelters and county shelters definitely do that and most of those will have um instagram pages that are run by volunteers and which is super important because it's the volunteers are the ones that are working with the dogs know about the dogs and can help place uh the dogs in, in the proper homes perfect i love it i love it well thank you for all the work that you do, obviously, you know, I think the world of you, I, 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 I could sit, you know, sit here and compliment you all day long, but oh. <laughs> no, I re- no, I really <laughs> do. I, I really admire the work that you do. And like I said, because it is, it really does take a special person to, to, I think, be a good candidate for that, you know, and, um, and it's a quality I don't, oh, I don't have well, personally, you. so I admire, admire the work that you do and appreciate it for sure. Thank so you. now that we've well, we said earlier, it's it's not work when you're pa- when you're passionate about it. I so. love it. No, that's true. It really isn't. So now that we've gotten through the business, all the business, end, we have to have a little fun now. So it's a little, it, we'll do a little game time right now. So since okay. we are as 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 of course everyone knows, we are all quarantined. This is something I'm doing right now during quarantine. I thought it'd be fun if we played who who'd you rather quarantine edition. So I have my little fishbowl of mm. celebrity names here, and I'm just gonna draw. To, like names out at random and you have to tell me who you'd rather quarantine with and why okay Ooh. okay so, so we're gonna have a little fun <laughs> so so i have here so let's see here let me pick what pick a name out of the bowl here so who would you rather quarantine with and schmidt would you rather quarantine with elton john or jennifer lopez hmm that is kind of a well. Tough. It's like it's like who, who whose music do you like more? Because you know that they're going to want to like. <laughs> well, hold on. I got like, two things. Okay, go ahead. Tell all, me. Tell me. Tell me. It's tough because neither of them drink. They don't. Well, I know Elton doesn't, one. but I didn't know J Lo does it. No, J- that's why she's so fierce and that body is rocking. She, her body so is. I don't point. know. I'm sorry. I, I might... give props where props are are due. Her I, the movie The Hustle. Oh, did you see The incredible. Hustle? Yes. Girl. That oh, body, God, so honey. Good. The body. Yeah. On a 50-year-old? Which is why I would, and I'm surprising myself with this answer, but I think I would choose her because I'd want her to put me in her boot camp. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, teach me. Like, you're not eating this. Like, There's yeah. no wine. We're doing ballet bar. Yeah, I literally would be like, let me soak in your beauty and your yeah. goddessness. And, and she's got just I, as many gorgeous gowns glow, and costumes as Elton does. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that was tough because I do love them both. I'm just thinking selfishly that, yeah, I would want her to put me through the J-Lo boot camp. And I, then I love that. I agree with Quarantine that. with like, yes. <laughs> so who would you rather quarantine with? Julia Roberts or Lady Gaga? Gosh, another tough one. That's I love a tough one. Both. I mean, I feel like... Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I, well, I'll let you answer. I, I feel like I think I know. I who's, think who's I'm going to pick Julia Roberts. Yeah, that's what I was going to pick. Is that who you're thinking? Yeah, Yeah. Um, because I always, I always said when I first started acting, I had two actresses that I really admired and loved their careers. She was one of them. And um, 
why am I blanking on my second one? Anyways, it'll come back to me. But I always said I loved their journey because, you know, they kind of got to do it all. You know, they did the comedy, they did the drama, they did, you know, all the fun stuff. And I think we'd have a lot of fun and we'd geek out and we'd work on acting, but then we'd also probably have really fun just conversations. Like she seems like she's really easy to talk to. Like, sure. you know, the girl, you can kind of ask anything. I love that. Okay, last one. Who would you rather? <laughs> I'm, laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing at this one. <laughs> just maybe go, well, I'll just say it. I mean, you can tell the story if you want. So who would you rather Janet, quarantine with? Janet Jackson or uh-huh. Channing Tatum? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, since I have in my past been quarantined with him. Uh... <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pick somebody new. So, oh, because because uh, you've already been quarantined with Channing Tatum at one point in your life, you're gonna go with Janet. I love it. <laughs> well, Brilliant answer. Quarantine was a lot. It was a lot quicker. It was it was a New York City blackout um, because him and my oh, husband were right. roommates. Was, so we spent about 48 hours in the dark. Yeah. So I mean, I I wouldn't say it was quarantine. It was just there was no ac or electricity or anything like well, being that i know him pretty well let's go with janet because she's fierce and i want to dance like rhythm nation every day so oh hello. i love it do you remember the time there was okay so there was a time it was great i was actually choreographing uh a new show at the tropicana here in las vegas and i was in los angeles hanging out with you and uh <laughs> you were amazing you let me use you as kind of like my workshop guinea pig type dancer and we were we were workshopping (laughs) ideas for this choreography I was gonna be flying back to Vegas to do this this you know gig but I remember us being in your apartment on Camino Palmero (laughs) right by Uh Runyon and you had the 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 closet like the was this like the floor-to-ceiling sliding glass doors that were also mirrors and we were using Uh the mirrored closet (laughs) as our dance studio mirror like we had like not like what was it like maybe yep. like five five by five by three foot space not even you know maybe I mean? yeah yeah because then it went into the living room yeah 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 <laughs> and you were killing it like let me tell you guys like you guys have to know she put on her laduka heels and she <laughs> went for it we were choreographing and we were dancing and sweating in this small oh. little space but you just that's what you did you know I think we had we had so you think you can dance on in the background like <laughs> like on the <laughs> <laughs> Well we were very much inspired every week. We were we used to, to have yeah when I lived in, I was Yeah when I lived in LA you, we did every it was pretty it was like clockwork we we did so every week? dance at Anna and Mike's house yeah for sure. Mhm. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And I, lo- I love that time that you- Yes, I do. I'm it's behind. Gone. I have to admit I'm behind. Um, yeah. What was you going to say? Yeah, no, I still, I mean, I might not catch every, oh, I was going to say, no, I love that time that you did that, because then I actually got to see when you brought it into your classroom, and then see the professional dancers do it. I was like, yes, okay, I was part of that. (laughs) You're a professional dancer, stop it. (laughs) We had so much fun. No, I love it. We did. I, I definitely feel blessed in my life. I've had, I've been, I'm very grateful to say I have some very talented friends, and you are definitely one of them. Oh, thank you. So, oh, I think the right. same about you. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> so let me, let's go into, I need to know, uh, going along with our, our next game here real quick, I need to know, again, since we're in quarantine, what are your four, your four essentials? Four things you can't live without, don't overthink it, go. 
wine. Wine done. Can I do that four times? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yes, you can. Done. We so you want, you want red wine, <laughs> white wine, rose, and a port. Rose. <laughs> uh no, we could throw some bubbles in there. Oh yeah, we should throw some bubbles in there. Oh my gosh, do you remember yeah. that time? Okay, one time. <laughs> I'm already laughing about it before I tell the story, which, which could be a good sign or a bad sign. Um, there was a time when we were together for Halloween, and we all decided, we, we thought it would be really creative and original, but I don't know how well the joke landed in actuality. Yeah. But um, we said we were going to go as a group as happy hour. And, yeah. <laughs> and you're you so dumb. You were really good. You came and you had like you were you were a glass of bubbles, and that's what made me think of it when you said yeah, you were you know champagne you, yeah, you were champagne. <laughs> I was Johnny Walker Black on the rocks because uh, for whatever reason, but because <laughs> I had all black and I want I had this really cute black jacket I wanted to wear, so I built the idea <laughs> around the jacket I wanted to wear, not because of that it was a good costume. <laughs> I love it. You're like, what can I? What's what has the word black in it? So right. matches my black jacket. And that's exactly Done. that was as deep as I got on that one. <laughs> I will say the idea was awesome, but yeah, we just the execution need a little bit more not time so much. I think. I think we got drunk halfway through yeah. getting ready, and then we just said "fuck it." <laughs> yeah, and then we're just like, "Okay, done." I think if we would have had some time to like put into the costumes, maybe some money, because I mean, we all pulled yeah. from time our and closets. money change so. every situation. You know that's true. <laughs> yeah, I so maybe time- in ten years we need to like revisit that. Yeah, we could revisit. I remember one time it was this not to get too off topic, but it was funny. One time when I was in college, and I remember there was this um, uh, one of my health classes or whatever they they had a nutritionist come as like a guest speaker one day, and she was you know giving us valuable information you know for whatever it's worth. But <laughs> what I remember <laughs> is that is that she she went off on a tangent. At one point, she said to us, "Now, mind you, she's talking to." a group of an audience of total starving artists, struggling performers in the city. Um, at least for me, I mean, I was barely financially making it. And I, I thought it was so funny that she felt the, you know, in her spiel, she said, you know, you know, guys, she's trying to make it sound simple. She's like, it's really not that hard. She's like, you know, to eat better and eat and be healthier. She's like, it just takes a little bit more time and a little bit more money. And I was like, raised my hand. I was like, bitch, I got neither. So like, what do you want? <laughs> exactly like, so you make like, it wait, sound wait, so easy time and money here. change every situation they really do <laughs> mm-hmm. you're like wrong wrong group of people maybe you need to wrong, go down the hall. <laughs> wrong audience read the room girl yeah. read the room read the room yeah <laughs> oh my god oh, i god. love it okay so one last thing this is the last segment and this is just called this is a segment i like to call girl talk since this is hey girl so I'm going to ask you a series okay. of questions about your series of series of personal questions about yourself and just try to answer them with, you know, as short, quick one, one, two word answers as possible. Don't overthink it. Okay. So, okay. um, you actually kind of already answered one of these, but so what is, what is your favorite movie? Well, I mean, I'd have to say it's a, a tie between seven and then fried green tomatoes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Two totally different. Two extreme. I'm not mad. I'm not mad about it. I mean, I've said it before. You know, my favorite movie is The Birdcage. Yes. Which is <laughs> very, very good. Definitely top 10. I love it. So, hey girl, tell me what your favorite song is. 
gosh. There's a lot. You could you say, know, what's your favorite you know song crazy? right now? Like, what are you jamming yeah, on? Yeah, right I, I would have to say, gosh, you know, I have favorite artists, so I'd maybe off the top of my head, I'll say Justin Timberlake. Okay. Um, because to pick one song, you know, or we talk about Janet, we talk about a lot of the greats. Yeah, I can't, I would literally have to sit here and think about a favorite, favorite, favorite song. That's okay. Um, being a dancer, I love music. I love it. You love know? it. So what is, okay, so, hey girl, tell me, do you have a favorite quote? Uh, Adopt, don't shop would love be number it. one. Love yeah. It. And uh, I have a favorite dance one, and I've actually lived my whole life by it. It's also my, I have a back tattoo, and it's four petals, and Mm -hmm. it's based off of this. And it's, if you can imagine it, you can dream it. If you dream it, you will become it. My, like, favorite favorites um, that I've just always, as a little kid, had in my mind. I love it. So, hey, girl, tell me, what's your your biggest turn on? From a man? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, the audience should know I've been with my man for 21 years. And um, he's gorgeous. So. Gorgeous. I was going <laughs> to well, say, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, his height and his, he's got a uh, wonderful, what always attracted to me was his back. He's got a very strong back. And, but I also mean that uh, not only just physically, but emotionally, you know, it's nice to know that somebody has your back for this long so um, I'm going to say his, his tallness and his broad, strong his broad, back. Broad, strong back. I love Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to, to see Mike's reaction when he's listening. <laughs> he's going to be like, what? Okay, so, what, so on the same note, hey, girl, tell me, what is your biggest turn off? Bad breath. You know, oh my gosh. Okay, totally agree. True. Um, y- y- that has become the most popular answer lately. Every episode I've recorded in the last three days, every girl has said bad breath without hesitation. Like the turn on, I okay, usually get see? somebody, they, like, they, they, they think about it for a minute, like as you did. But then the turn off immediately, they're like, oh, bad breath. Yeah, then men, what is it about brushing teeth? I mean, I'm like, by noon, I've already brushed my teeth three times. I don't know. It's a thing. Because <laughs> I look, it's not going to be fresh all the time, but it's like, don't come at me if it's, mm-mm. You said, don't come at me, bro. Don't come at me. Don't, don't come at me until you take care of that. Yeah. Come over here. I'm like, I can deal with a lot, but that. mm -mm. Uh, So, hey, girl, tell me, who's your favorite actress and favorite actor? Oh, gosh. That's also hard being in the career I'm in. Um, I'm going to throw out Tom Hanks. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. He's phenomenal, sure. both as a person and an actor. Uh, he's another one of just what a what a career he's had doing comedy and drama and and all the things that are important in between. Um, and I love that him and his wife are doing well now. So that was uh, when yeah, I heard the totally. news when they had gotten the virus. I was uh, it, it, it hurt the purse strings. Uh, excuse me, the heart strings uh, a little bit. And then, as far as female, gosh, I, I really, I mean, we said Julia Roberts. Of- <laughs> I know, like, oh. Sorry, I couldn't let it go. I had to bring it up. I know you tried, you, you recovered nicely and you breathed past it, but I couldn't do it. I had to. <laughs> it did not, Tom, it did not said, hurt. He purse. pulled on my purse strings, <laughs> honey. <laughs> oh, no, the, I, but I, no, the heart strings. Uh, I mean, the, then, the purse uh, is connected to the heart. <laughs> I love it. And then, I don't know, female, you know, we, we touched on um, Julia Roberts, but I also really love Cameron Diaz. Um, you know, I think she's fantastic and just, uh, again, has had such wonderful, wonderful uh, roles. 
And then my top would probably be, I don't know, I got to think of this. Um, Sandra Bullock. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. She's great. Might be my... Love her. Yeah, she might be my all-time favorite. And I feel like she's just, somebody you know, we could be friends with, too, don't you think? Like, you know, she seems yeah. like somebody... I love it. I, I hope I'm not, like, you know, stroking our egos too much, but I feel like she would love yeah, us. Yeah, she's like, mm -mm. She would love us. She would be so excited if we called her up and we're like, hey, Sandy, you want to come to happy hour? <laughs> I think we'd get a mix of, yeah, she'd be so fun and quirky how she was a Miss Congeniality, and then she'd have, like, um, the humbleness to let us in, like, and what was sure, that? Sure. What was that football movie where she's like, "All right, come on, you guys are poor. I'll take care of you." Come on. Wait, which movie? <laughs> what movie was that? <laughs> uh, was it called The Upside? What was that football movie that she did? Oh, the, the, the Blind Side. Blind Side. Thank you. Such Thank a good you. movie. Yeah, where she was just she won her Oscar that for that movie and, for that yep, role. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So I feel like we'd get a cross of, of we had a cross of those two characters. You'd get a cross really of Gracie fun. Hart and, um, oh, what was her character's name in The Blind Side? Chewy. Uh, something Chewy. Mm, yeah. I know. I don't know why I'm blanking, but. Um, so she's probably my top. She's probably my fave. I love it. Well, I'll agree with that. That's cool. <laughs> I love it. Like, Listen, that's cool. I, Thank you so much for taking the time out to do this. I, I'm really, you know, really grateful and, and appreciative. And uh, I love talking to you. You know, I think that we should do this again. Yay, I would love to. So, so again, so just uh, remind everybody really quick what, uh, what you're, how to get a hold of you if they have any questions on fostering. Yes, my Instagram is Anne with an E, A-N-N-E, Schmidt. S-C-H-M-I-D-T dot N-Y. They can find me on there and uh, they can direct message me with any questions. I love it. Well, thank you so much. And thank you everybody for listening. I hope you all have a great weekend. And if you like what you hear, make sure you hit that clip, that subscribe button. <laughs> thank you so much. And I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. Yay. Bye.